quick PSA for our listeners who are U.S. citizens. The 2020 election season is now upon us, and it is so important that you make your voice be heard. Please go to www.vote.org to find out all voting information you might need, and be sure to vote early. Again, that website is www.vote.org. Plan your vote and enjoy the show. Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of The Expanse. I'm your one of your co-hosts, Chris Hill, and actually Kyle's been taken away by uh, Crewman Daniels on a temporal assignment this week, so with me I have Brandy Jackala. Brandy, how are you doing today? I'm fine, and can I just say, Daniels! <laughs> yeah, he, he does tend to get us into a bit of trouble, but I don't think we'll have to worry about him other than taking Kyle away from us this week. What do you think? Hopefully... Although that remains to be seen, doesn't it? This is true. In case you guys haven't been paying attention towards the end of the podcast where we kind of preview the next one, this is going to be our first Writer's Room episode. (laughs) Which is uh, one of the reasons why we decided to invite Brandy along, because we know that she loves to do Writer's Rooms, and especially the Enterprise ones. Yes, I have done a few of those in my time. Yes. So, I've come up with a couple of ideas that we can go over. We've got a total of six lines, but we can combine a few of these, mm-hmm. if you so choose. I'm going to say these are going to be season five episodes. Right. We're, we're basing it on the premise that these are the voyages never happened at the end of season four. Thank you. And, also, baby Elizabeth lived at the end of Terra Prime. <gasps> so, Trip and Paul are going to be together. I love this already. You have made my weekend. All right. (laughs) So, the ideas that I have. Cation first contact. Adosian first contact. Mm. For those unaware, that's Lieutenant Eric's from the animated series. Has three legs and three arms. And, of course, Cations are the cat people. And Maress from the animated series is Cation. Also, now, Dr. Ta'ana from Lower Decks. Also Cation. I'm going to say, since this is going to be broadcast well beyond the, uh, the premiere and spoilers... I think the the Cation Doctor is pretty cool. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> we can also do a, a Dax story. Uh, at this point in the timeline, it'd be uh, Leela Dax. Mm. Since uh, Trills haven't really been defined when First Contact was, but we know that Trills were known to be in Federation space around the time of Dr. McCoy being at Ole Miss. Yeah, we know that. Uh, he had the hands of a surgeon. So Dax knew, knew he was always going to be a doctor. <laughs> This keeps coming up. Like, yes, is, yes, it does. This is the third podcast on which <laughs> this has come up for me in the last week. It doesn't sound like you're complaining. You're just no. You're really excited about it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I do a Deep Space Nine podcast. Of course, I'm excited about it. <laughs> well, yeah. Another suggestion is uh, revisiting the the North Star planet. Mm-hmm. We can also introduce Lieutenant Styles' ancestor. One of them. 
Lieutenant Stiles was at the helm of the Enterprise during Balance of Terror. He's the one that Kirk says, leave your bigotry in your quarters. Mm-hmm. And also tying into the original series, we can actually see the Horizon leave the uh, mobs, the Chicago mobs of the 1920s on Sigma Iosha. Mmm. So many choices. How am I supposed to pick? Don't leave it all up to me. That's hard. Like I said, we can combine a few things and a couple things I was thinking of. Uh, like with the first contact once, we could kind of frame it as there's a war between the Cations and the Adosians. Mm, I like that. And with the uh, introduction to Styles, we can put that into any of the other suggestions. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So. I don't know. That's just a co- couple of notes that I've got got there so well i'll tell you what i've not done before i've not done a first contact one before not done a story like that i don't think i've really done a story about an ancestor and though we've talked about it on warp 5 i think that there's more to mine on going back to the north star planet see there's just too many good choices i've had these choices actually for for a while Let's see. How about we combine the introducing styles okay. and re- revisiting North Star? Interesting. Okay. What I'm thinking of naming this Styles ancestor, Andrew Ryan Styles from Akron, Ohio. All right. Andrew Ryan Styles. I w- I was hoping that you were not going to say Harry. <laughs> <laughs> that was that 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 popped in my head when I was coming up with it. I was like, no. <laughs> I, I prefer I prefer having Ryan in there instead of Harry. Yeah, because to me, Andrew Ryan Styles sounds like he's going to be a little bit more funnier than than Harry. Mm-hmm. Yes, probably quick on his feet. I think so. All right, so let's have the uh, the episode start focusing on him. Excellent. Yes. So we're going to focus on our introduction to Andrew. Mm-hmm. And are we where are we going to meet him? Oh, let's see. Let's have him and Travis in in the workout area. Oh, okay. That's an interesting comparison there. Yeah. Especially with us later styles being a bit um, racist. Yeah, yeah. But I think it was more more of a specious than a racist. Mm. Well, technically, we're not different races here. We're the human race. This is true. Though we have different varieties, so... I think race is the right word. Racist is the right okay. word. Because, yeah. Okay. That's okay. But yeah. I can say we need we need to get Travis some more screen time anyways. So. Oh, yes. Always. 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 Especially if he's wearing a tank top or shirtless. Which, which, which he'll be wearing a tank top in this one. <laughs> I mean, if there's going to be a blatant objectification of the females, then I want equal objectification of the males. Damn it. You're right. Yeah. Let's do it that way. Yeah, I'm fine with that. As long as there's balance. Yes, and we'll do our best to keep it balanced. (laughs) Okay, so shirtless Travis. (laughs) We'll start off tank top. Start off tank top. That's fair. That's fair. Maybe later. Or or in slash fic. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, maybe not slash fic, but yeah. Yeah. How do these two feel about each other? I think the way that we'll have it is, is Travis is kind of introducing Styles to the crew and to the ship. Okay. He, like his first day on, on board. And 
since we'll, ha- we'll have him, you know, kind of be or kind of have him be a helm officer, that it would be a natural, natural thing for them to be together anyways. Mm-hmm. I like that. Can we have Travis promoted to a lieutenant by now? Yes. Thank you. I think that that's only fair because this crew has already been through a lot. Yes. And they deserve some rank increases. So is Andrew going to be an ensign then? Is he going to be an underling? Yes, he will be an ensign. Perfect. Fresh out of out of out of uh, Starfleet Academy. Oh, the best kind. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All fresh faced and thinking they can conquer the universe. Yeah. Excellent. Let's see here. For personality, I'd say when he's not on duty, he's he's a pretty easygoing guy, I would think. Yeah, I like that. Because, you know, nobody's born a racist. Right. And this particular incarnation doesn't necessarily have to be a racist either. No, I wasn't even planning on, on having him be that way anyway. So. Perfect. I like that. That's That's perfect. So, yeah, he's a cool dude, likes to... I don't know. What does he like to do besides uh, spar with Travis? Does he like movie night? Right. He likes to play uh, role-playing games. Excellent! I like this guy. We're also going to include uh, Cutler, too, because <laughs> it, I don't know if you've read by the book, but she starts an RPG that Travis and a couple of the others are involved in. I have all of the books. I haven't read all of them. but okay. uh, I can say, I, I just started reading by the book because that's going to be our, our first book club. Nice. Or as this airs, it will have been our first. Ooh. So. Perfect. Like when when I opened up to those chapters and saw that, that they were doing like a tabletop RPG, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to try and see how, how the RPG plays out. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think that that's really cool. And I also encourage you guys to do like an Enterprise RPG episode Ooh. because we did that once or twice on warp five and it's a lot of fun okay i really don't know how to run any game so i would just be more of a character (laughs) (laughs) that's why you find a a person to run the game for you it doesn't have to be someone on the show it's good to have like a person come in from the outside with the adventure planned so that you guys don't really know what you're heading into but you know you get to choose your characters and their stats and all those things so yeah. Okay. It's fun. I recommend it. All right. So right now we've got established that uh, Andrew and, and Travis are, are there in the gym. Travis asks him, you know, sort of the same things that, that we're kind of asking about about him ourselves. You know, what's he into? Stuff like that. And he, he mentions the RPG stuff. And then that's when Travis mentions that there's actually been a years long RPG run by, we'll say Lieutenant Cutler at this time. Yeah. That he could join in at some point. Yeah. That's the beauty of an RPG is that you can insert people at any time into yeah. a quest because you get to choose how they're introduced, why they're there, you know, all these great things. That's the beauty mm-hmm. of RPGs. <laughs> we'll say that that'll be the sort of the, the cold open kind of introducing Andrew yeah. and, and Travis together. Play seasons one and two intro. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to sing it for you? <laughs> Just if, if you would like. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I sing it far too often for people's liking, so it's fine. <laughs> okay. But, you know, we'll, we'll still have, you know, the Star Trek Enterprise. That, that's the only thing that will change about the seasons one and two intro. Perfect. Is where it says Star Trek Enterprise. Excellent. I like it. 
So, coming out of the credits and the first round of commercials, do you think we should be on the bridge, or or where do you think we should be? Well, I mean, we're going to focus on Andrew. So, maybe we kind of follow his point of view for a little while until we get to okay. know him a little bit better. So, maybe it's his first duty shift on the bridge. Is he a bridge officer? Does yeah. he get a duty shift on the bridge? Sounds to me like he should. Yeah. And what is his specialty? Is he, like, a navigator? Is he ops? What does he do? He'll be a uh, navigator helm. Cool. Cool, cool. So, basically, like Travis. Yes. Excellent. So, probably Travis is kind of wanting to keep an eye on this guy, you know? Don't, right. Because Travis is the top dog when it comes to piloting. Mm-hmm. Although Archer ain't too bad, as we no. have seen. He can get it out in a pinch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he can do that. You know, may- just... may- Maybe a little bit more than a pinch. <laughs> yeah, the big asteroid field, maybe. Yeah, it's it's okay. He can do it. He yeah. can do it. And so um, at this point, we'll hear Archer telling them to, to set a course for the North Star planet. Did I forget, did they actually have a name for that? Or... Oh, good lord, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the one. The one thing I don't look up. Oh <laughs> uh, well, that's okay. I'm pretty sure that we can figure it out in a somewhat timely fashion. Yes, because I can't remember if there was a name or not. I should be able to remember that, but sometimes my knowledge just gives me a 404 file not found error. The main race on there was the Skagarans. Yes, the Skagarans. Lots of racism going on there. Yeah, I don't see anything. Like, even on Wikipedia, it just says, yeah. while in the Delphic Expanse, the Enterprise discovers a planet inhabited yeah. by 6,000 humans. Well, let's call it Skagaria. Great! So, yes, they're setting a course for Skagaria. Okay. In in the no longer anomalyified Delphic Expanse. Yeah, because all those spheres are gone. Take that, freaking sphere builders. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. Don't care for them. Don't care for them at all. So... Yeah, they, they, they go, go ahead and, and sets in the course. Now, at this point, do we want to have him make a slight error in the course to where they would be off a little bit? Or or do we not want to make him that nervous right away? I don't think so. I think he knows what he knows. Okay. And I don't know that he he's going to be bad at his job. <laughs> <laughs> but he may not know the best way to talk to aliens or to interact with certain kinds of crew members okay. it's it's hard to say there could be some awkwardness there because you're kind of insulated a bit at starfleet academy yeah. especially at this point in the timeline it's like 98 percent humans and you'll see the the and, and the occasional alien you see will be either a vulcan or a denobian mm-hmm. maybe an endorian but those would mostly be like you know teachers yeah. and stuff like that yeah all right now do we want to have like a little brief scene here on on the uh, on the bridge as well, or just kind of go forward and then a couple hours later he's off duty and we're playing a Martian colony RPG set up by <laughs> Lieutenant Cutler? Well, I think we ought to have just a little interaction on the bridge, you know, okay. so maybe some people just good naturedly ribbing him about being the new guy and saying, "Oh." Oh, you're a pilot. Okay. You know, just n- nothing like mean spirited or anything like that. Right. So, just kind of, kind of a fr- friendly welcome to the Enterprise. Yeah. Welcome to the Enterprise. You've got a lot to live up to. <laughs> but we'll help you out when we can. Yeah. 
yeah. for as much for, for as much shit as we give you. Yep, exactly, exactly. It's uh, it's a rite of passage, I guess. Yeah. So, who who would you want to have interacting with him first there on the bridge? I would probably say, I don't know. I would think Hoshi would be one of the first people to okay. be like, "Oh, new guy, welcome." Okay. So don't let these other fools get to you. They're just they're just giving you a little bit of a hard time, and it's a really great place to be, sort of thing. Yeah, that that definitely lines up with Hoshi's character, especially at this point. Yeah, she's a lot more comfortable in her own skin and a lot more comfortable in space. Yes. So she she knows how to make new people feel comfortable because she knows what she kind of I feel like she kind of goes by what would work for her and so she just disseminates that information to new people especially if they look a little huh? yeah what <laughs> me <laughs> now after after Hoshi talks with Andrew do you want to kind of cut to later on in the day yeah okay so yeah, give I think here's here's the thing. Okay, so I think they tell him to set course for Skagaria and he sets the course and uh you know engages at warp whatever. Say 4.7. And 4.7. And maybe they razz him a little bit going, "Really? Are you in such a hurry?" <laughs> you know, just basically he's doing what he was told and then they're still giving him a little bit of a little bit of shit. And so and that's, you know, that's when Hoshi's like, Shh. Just don't pay attention to them. So you know your job. You're going to be just fine. Okay. So we'll go ahead and cut to the the mess hall. Cutler's got everything all set up. And Travis says, hey, we have 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 our our newest uh, crew member. He's expressed interest in this and says that, you know, it's one of the things that he's really enjoyed doing in his past. And kind of see the the twinkle in in Cutler's eye because that's one of the things that that she really loved, Mm -hmm. too. So they kind of hit it off right, right away. Now, would you like to create Andrew's character for this <laughs> RPG? <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the game they're playing? What's their quest? They're on Mars and we're using, you know, the pulp science fiction version of Mars where there's actually green martians mm-hmm. and so they they were trying to look for pieces for a universal translator ah i like it to help save the day that's cool now i'm sure it's probably progressed since then but that was the starting point cool so what would make the most sense for a character to insert themselves into this story at this point they've got they've got a couple humans they've got an alien race could be you know, a human or an alien, just not a Martian. Mm-hmm. Unless he wanted to be like a, a Martian guide that they picked up. Well, he could be almost like a gun for hire type of person. Yeah. That knows the lay of the land and also can handle whatever trouble comes along sort of guy. Yeah, that would work. Like a mercenary, basically. So I'm going to say now for his roles that we see on screen, do you want them to be average a couple of good and a couple of bad or all bad (laughs) i want to say average let's cut him a bit of a break there because okay bad roles don't benefit anyone no okay so he's he's in it he's joined into their their rpg night as the gun for hire there on on mars as they continue their quest probably at this point after the uh Finding the Universal Translator. Mm-hmm. 
That's handy. And then they, you know, trying to think what else we could do <laughs> with the, within this scene. Hmm. What's a nasty thing Let's that see. DMs like to do sometimes? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> How about everybody in the party except for Andrew's character gets trapped and Andrew has to rescue them. Oh, I like get that. get them out of the trap. That's good. He had a good, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A good wisdom saving throw? Depends on what kind of trap it is, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> His perception is high. Yes, yes. There we go. Now, when when he, yeah, he rolls to, to save them and it winds up being one more than what he what what he needed to save them. We'll just kind of have it be be sort of like that. Yeah, just at the threshold, just enough. No natural twenties here, guys. No. <laughs> and and actually, instead of you know, in the, in the book, uh, Cutler got some uh, bolts that she painted uh, white and red. Like they wanted, I think they were, I think yeah, because they they only used. Uh, the the normal looking dice mm. they're the d d6s so like half half of it was red half of it was white that's how they determined it okay cool cool okay after after they they save the party or after he saves the party i say probably commercial break right coming back is that when when we should arrive in orbit over skagaria yeah i think so okay now, who who ans- answers the uh, the hail from the Enterprise? Oh, would it be the teacher or would it be Benning? Mm, that is a good question. Hmm, what do we do? What do we do? I don't know. I kind of like the teacher answering because okay. she's a lot more of a diplomat. So I would say her. Okay. Now, as she answers the the hail of the Enterprise, she informs Archer that actually Benning is trying to reinstitute some of the things that were in place mm-hmm. before the Enterprise arrived. Of course he is. Because, you know, that's just who he is. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, people never seem to choose to improve when they've been a certain way for a certain amount of time, I guess. It's yeah. hard to break old habits, I suppose. Okay, so how how do you think uh, Archer would, would handle <laughs> this news? Not well. <laughs> I think Archer would be like, oh, no, he did not. No, no, sir. There will not be this. I did not go through all that work for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think he's uh, he's going to inform Bethany that they are you know imminently arriving and will be beaming down to the planet with a landing party. Do you think that Benning would be able to intercept this uh, communication? Whether he can or can't makes no difference. He can't stop them from beaming down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm saying you know to to surprise them upon their arrival oh he can try sure okay now now who do we have on the away team because we know archer will want to be there yes archer will definitely want to be there um i would think that he would take malcolm because security Mm -hmm. so and and he's been there before too yeah he's been there before i don't know i think i think hoshi would stay on the ship 
Yeah, since they pretty much speak English. Be fun if they took to Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys, here you go. And giving the Vulcan non-Vulcan, or the the Vulcan non-emotional, but clearly showing emotion, saying, I remember this place, I didn't really enjoy my stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you would take to Paul. Okay. Because, again, showing a front of, we work together very mm-hmm. well all the time, get over yourselves, sort of thing for Benning. Yeah. So. Now, do we want to have both Travis and Andrew join this away team, or just Andrew? I think think let's take the noob and travis stays on the ship because it makes no sense to take both of them so it's got to be one or the other and for the purposes of the story it needs to be new guy (laughs) to be okay now trip will still be probably running engineering so wouldn't really need him even though he does know know the lay of the land a little bit probably a little bit better than reed does yeah but reed's better at security yeah (laughs) Well, I guess it depends on how big of a landing party you want. Maybe Archer wants to have more people. And since Trip does know the land better than Malcolm, maybe he says, yeah, come along. So okay. that can work. And have Dr. Phlox on standby just in case yeah. there's another altercation. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would actually be a good idea to bring Trip. Also to kind of be like, hey, you know, where where I came from, we had a lot of lot of these type of issues mm-hmm. in my area of the the world's past. Yeah, because he's from the and south. This is, so mm-hmm. yes, and this is how this is kind of how we handled it, and you know his his southern charm way. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> that would work. I like that. But who's watching the baby? Hmm. Well, Fox is on standby, and <laughs> yeah. and baby Elizabeth is they're learning medicine at a very very young age. You know what? That actually works because Flox is a very good dad. Yes, he is. So that that would work for him, just keeping an eye on her. Well, we'll have to write the trip and to pull bring baby Elizabeth back to the Enterprise episode at some point. <laughs> that that would be really great. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can I can just see Archer. Teasing trip, saying, now you're going to have to baby-proof every damn thing on this ship. You know this, right? <laughs> <laughs> Got to have child locks on the warp core. And, you know, make sure that uh, there are no phasers out in the open. Jeffrey's tubes are sealed off. And remind her not to pull Porthos's tail too hard. Yes, and don't let her feed him cheese. <laughs> Only Archer gets to do that. Anyways, uh, uh, sidetrack from the future episode. (laughs) (laughs) Or, or, you know, within within this point, this would be the past episode. So, yeah, they they arrive on the planet. Now, would they arrive more at the school or more at the saloon like they did the first time? I would say arrive at the saloon simply because that's a place they're familiar with. That's where they beamed out from. So it makes sense for them to return to that spot, sort of in the middle of town sort of area. Now, do you think that they've improved the infrastructure of the town? I would, Where it's yeah. no longer more, more the Old West setting, but more sort of, say, around our time. I would say it's probably not as super advanced. Like, they've made their ways and their way into, like, I don't know, technology level of around the 50s or 60s. Because okay. I don't think it's been enough time for them to get to, you know, 2020 level. Okay. 
we'll say a ni- 1960s aesthetic to everything. Yeah, which will make to Paul feel kind of at home. <laughs> I'm just <Yeah>. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that that was her ancestor. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that definitely that you know that was just a story. Wink, wink. Yeah, they've arrived there at the saloon. I say as they go to walk into the saloon, that's when Benning decides to go ahead and just deck Archer. <laughs> oh, dude, you're dealing with a different Archer now, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you know, you know, hiding and then then decks him. No, I know, I know. You know I yeah, know. but oh yeah, we're talking about Benning, not me. <laughs> <laughs> ben- Benning doesn't realize, you know, the the new Archer. Mm-mm. No, no. And so you know, we had our. Our weekly tussle in. Yeah, well, see, if he does that, then Reed would be on him like, you know, a dog on raw meat so fast. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> that's what Reed does. So I'm, I think he he jumps out, he decks Archer, and Reed is just like, sacks him, just tackles him to the ground. Has him on his stomach, hands behind him. <laughs> you want to try that again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can, because Reed does not like bullies. No. Mm -mm, He does not. So we've got Benning now pretty much apprehended by Reed. I I think that line, though, you want to try that again, Mm -hmm. would be a great way to go to a commercial. Yeah. And then we get everything sorted out on the backside. Yes. The sheriff, the sheriff did survive because, yeah, he he was catching up on his on his earth history there at the end of the episode. So sheriff comes in and kind of gives Benning what for and tries to figure out exactly why, why it is, even though, you know. We are. We already know why it is. Mm-hmm. Most of the audience should by this time too. But you know, yeah. Figure this will be more more of one of the uh, episodic ones in a in a mini arc mm-hmm. between between mini arcs. In that scene, is there anything specifically we we should have put in? Well, you know, obviously, if the sheriff's giving him what for, Benning's going to express himself on why he's ticked at Archer. So, you know, just reiterating that he's a racist. Yeah. And that's that's for everybody's benefit, especially Andrew's, because Andrew hasn't been down to this planet before. So, yeah, he's uh, he has no idea of all the stuff that went on here. I mean, he's probably read the report, but reports don't necessarily no. uh, make it seem like what it actually happened down there. So Yeah, and he can now see that it's actually as bad as or even worse than what the report said. Mm -hmm. Now he's been confronted with that. I feel like there should be like a Skagaran deputy, because I think that would really tick Benning's off. Yes, yes. And just exacerbate the situation, because, you know, you gotta have pressure. Yeah. If there's no pressure, there's nothing to resolve. I think one of uh, Benning's lines should be something along the lines, you know, I never thought I'd see the day you skags would be back in charge or something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, something that's a slur, definitely. Maybe it doesn't seem like a slur to anyone not of that planet, but right. the viewers know it's a slur. And yes. this Gagarian also knows it's a slur. Everyone else knows it's a slur. Yeah, and it's something that, that An- Andrew can, can sense, even though, you know, he... Yeah, yeah like, because I, I don't think... Unless they put it in the report, I don't think he would have known that that would have been been a slur Mm -hmm. but the way he says it will make it clear yeah yeah so what do you think the uh the skagaran deputy would do after hearing that i would think that if it was a someone that had been 
you know, duly chosen by the people, that they're going to be someone who's more level-headed than Bennings is. Okay. And uh, I, I feel like the best response to that would just be to smile at him because you don't need to say anything back to somebody yeah. like that. Just smile at him. Like, hey, sorry, bud, but yeah, I'm in charge. So I took your job. <laughs> yeah, I, I took your job. And uh, and whose fault is that? Oh, that right. That's, it's your fault. It's your fault. Your fault. <laughs> your fault. But people like that never think it's their fault. It's always someone else's no. fault. So they always come to take our jobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that's uh, that's. Basically, should we give this Gagarin a name instead of just calling it yeah. Gagarin? <laughs> What's a good Gagarin name? We could kind of just do whatever we want, really. It seems that they mostly start with consonants and end with consonants. Okay. So, like, Drasic, Kret, uh, Talea, and Dural. Okay. So, um... Sometimes I'm good at names and sometimes I'm not. And it's, apparently today, my brain is saying, uh, no. Kratek. Kratek. I like that. Kratek's now the deputy. Great. Now that we've got Kratek named, yeah, we were talking about how, you know, he would just smile and say, mm-hmm. not even say anything, yeah, just give just... that sort of a sort of a shrug like, hey, you know, yeah. you screwed up. I'm here now. Yeah. It's, it's best not to even give people like that any ammunition. And I think. Kratek is smart enough to know that, so yeah. So he would just be like, "Sorry," and then probably <laughs> take him off to a cell. Yeah. Now, do you think Bennings would go ahead and try to break out of the cell once we get him in there? Oh, I think he'll struggle the entire way and be shouting epithets after the door has been locked, and then start devising a way to get out of there. Okay. Now, I can say jails would probably be about the same as, or do you think they would have the jails upgraded? entirely at this point be that be one of the things that's entirely upgraded to at the at uh, the modern times um i would say maybe it has to be because people like him keep causing trouble and in that instance when i said modern times you know referring to the brig level Mm -hmm. level of security yeah yeah i would imagine they would have to simply because well i would say most of the people that end up there might just be because you know oh they got drunk or something like that yeah. but then they also have the cells for people like bennings so Wait. that uh are extremely volatile to put it mildly mm-hmm. we'll have him kind of thinking of a way way to get out at this point archer the sheriff and bethany are sort of having having a little powwow and andrew's just kind of listening in trying to see what he can hear that'd sort of like be our point of view from of the meeting mm-hmm. i would think yeah so what are reed and paul and trip doing i would think they were or they would kind of you know go out and more outside of the town kind of see see how things are are developing okay maybe even go to a different town on skagaria yeah i like that and seeing how things have progressed definitely not leaving or you know definitely not doing the the original series version of just Hey, we'll send you help, but we're not going to say anything else after that. Uh, yep. <laughs> That's why Khan was so pissed, you guys. Yeah. And honestly, who could blame him in that regard? No. But still, didn't excuse what he did. Anyhow. Yeah. I like that them going off to do what they originally came down there to do before Bennings went off the rails. Yes. So... Yeah, and they'll, I'm sure, keep in touch with Archer 
and Archer will let them know when he's done. And maybe he'll stick around with Bethany and the sheriff for a bit to see what's going on on that part of town while they're off visiting another town. Yeah. So within the, the conversation that Bethany, the sheriff, and Archer have, what kind of issues do you think that they would bring up as been occurring in within, I'd say, two years? Yeah. We'll say it's about two years after? Mm-hmm. I would say... There's probably going to be difficulties during that time, basically getting equal rights for everybody and, and assimilating enforcing them, those. enforcing them, assimilating the Skagarans back into the culture of the planet and just providing for their needs can be a challenge okay. as well. So now that they can't treat them as slaves or second-class citizens and have to treat them as equals, everybody needs housing, everybody needs food. What are they going to do for jobs? You know, uh, what happens if somebody gets pregnant? All of these things that, you know, taking a Wild West town into something around the 60s is going to have that kind of growing pains. Yeah. Probably a lot of just you know, structural and social issues that we all go through. Now, do you think that uh, Reed, uh, Tripp, and Art, or Tripp and T'Pol will run into similar issues all over all over the planet? Or do you think some some towns will be better than, than others? I think absolutely some towns will be better than others. Because there are going to be people who were more open-minded to begin with and mm-hmm. didn't like the way that the Skagarans were being treated. I mean... Bethany can't be the only one. So there are other people like that in other towns and they've made it the transition easier because, you know, they felt that this was always the right course anyway. But there are going to be those towns where there are a lot of people like Bennings and things haven't gone quite as well. So do you think Bennings has a network of like-minded people that he's in constant contact with? Oh, yeah. And at this point, do you think that he would have... Since he knew that, that at least somebody from from Earth was going to come back, do you think at this point, now that now that it's actually Archer and his crew coming back, do you think he had something big, like revenge-type planned? I don't know how far he would go. People like that are rarely rational, but at the same time, they have an immense sense of self-preservation. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know that he'd go so far as to attempt, uh, make attempts on anyone's lives, but, you know, possibly just, I don't know. I don't know what he would want to do. Maybe he has this grand plan of, oh, we're going to kidnap them and then make everyone on Enterprise think that they were killed in some accident. Or Mm. kidnapped by the Skagarans. Yeah, kidnapped by the Skagarans. Make them look bad. So, yeah, they could try that because they have Archer basically, just Archer and Styles by themselves. Right. So... You know, you got your security guy off with the T'Pol and um, Trip, so maybe he thinks that they're easy prey. Yeah. Now, do we show him breaking out of the jail, or I think we see. Do we so- show that off screen? I think someone breaks him out. I think he knew he was going to get thrown in jail for punching Archer, mm-hmm. and I think that maybe that was part of his plan. 
So everyone's distracted, thinking he's safely put away. His friend gets him out. He puts his plan into action. And by the time they realize that he's gone, it's <gasps> too late. Or so he yeah. thinks in his mind. Okay, let's go with that. At, at this point, have him knock out Archer, say, yeah, Archer, Styles, Bethany, and the sheriff. And at that point, he'll take take the communicator and call directly to Enterprise saying, hey, the Skagarans have kidnapped Bethany, the sheriff, and all that. Now, he'd have to know that Enterprise is going to have a way to locate their people. So yeah. he's going to have to hide their biosignatures somehow. Because they can scan yeah. the planet and find them. So maybe somewhere underground? In a place mm. that has some kind of rock that reflects sensors? I'm trying to remember scenes from the episode. I think there there were some mountains off in the distance and that's where he takes takes them and we'll say we'll actually say that reed trip and to pull they found find a town where things are, are closer to say 2015 mm -hmm. since they were able to get all all the society behind the, this issue and everything so they think everything's going decently back in the 60s town yeah but they don't realize that that there's actually trouble sounds good i like it that's why we don't really we I mean we see a few scenes of how how that town's doing what their plans are for for the next phase of evolving the, the town right but then most of it's going to be focused on the main town that we met there in in the previous episode okay Bennings will take them to to the mountains off in the distance then Enterprise can't find the signatures so at that point they're just basically going off of Bennings word and he's doing his best to be convincing about it yeah, but there's going to be a point at which they try to contact Paul and Trip and Reed. So mm -hmm. they're going to have to contact them and they're going to be like, oh, no, we've got to find the captain sort of thing, which is true. <laughs> right, because, <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, but I think that they're not going to buy that it's the Skagarans. I think yeah, they're going to be like, nah, it doesn't feel right. <laughs> but let's have it be Hoshi that notices, you know, sort of in his in his face since, you know, a lot of languages depend on facial recognition, Hoshi yep. would be able to pick up on that. So give a nice moment for Hoshi to shine in this one. And yeah, she'll just kind of take take in the information and be like, OK, OK. And then once, you know, Bennings is done with his spiel, get a hold of Trip to Pull and Reed. And they'll kind of wrap things up in, in, in the town and, and head back and they'll search for for the for the captain on foot. Oh. You know, it but, just occurred to me, with the captain and Trip and Reed gone, that means Travis is in charge. Yeah. So she'd, she'd probably be like, after after seeing those guys, that uh, seeing Benny and just like, after the communication, and she'd just be looking at Travis and going, oh, he's lying. Yeah. <laughs> and Travis is like, you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now it's time so. to get in touch with the other team. Yeah, they they go ahead and get in contact with them, and they they do a foot search because they wouldn't be able to to read it from the scans because oh, what's a good reflector reflector that we've had used? Hmm. What if it's like some kind of ore in the mountains that creates a high electromagnetic field and makes it really difficult to scan anything within that area? Okay, yeah, we'll just do it do it that techno babble way. Sure, let's do that. So. And introduce a little techno babble. What's any Star Trek series without some techno babble? Exactly, and that's why you know they have to call down to Reed and Trip and T'Pol to go and search for the captain within 
the mountains will say to the northwest. Sure. And I feel like if it's going to be an electromagnetic disruption, it's going to disrupt communications once they're in range. Yes. So, yeah. At this point, what, yeah, when, once that's sort of been given, commercial, we come back, we're actually inside the cave. We'll have Styles wake up first, and that's when he sees one of Benning's goons hanging out there, and he wakes up the captain, and they kind of formulate a plan there, and Archer tries to talk his way out just a little bit, but... Oh, always tries talking first. Yeah. yeah. No avail at this point, so where can we go from there? Well, we've got a team trying to close in. Where is Benning's at this point? Is he going to stay with... His goons in the mountains, or is he going to go back to town and pretend like, oh, it's so terrible, these Skagarans took your people? Or I think I think that'll be his plan, is to, to try to convince the town folk. Yeah, I think so. I think that's... Because just disappearing looks too suspicious, so yeah. he's got to be around to tell the story of how these Skagarans... And it's, it's interesting, too, because I, how many people know that he was put in jail? Probably not very many. Right. So no one's going to question, hey, dude, why aren't you in jail? I think we'll have it to be where the only one is the Skagaran deputy, but we'll have the Skagaran deputy with the sheriff, Bethany, Archer, and Stiles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would eliminate, and maybe the only other person would be his goon that broke him out. That makes sense, because otherwise people are just going to be, what? Dude, I saw yeah. you get arrested. What's going yeah. on? Yeah. <laughs> so he gives the whole sob story, and so some people start to draw to his cause but others don't at this point we'll see Bree trip and to paul enter back into the city mm -hmm. so who who do you think we should keep there in town well i'm not sure maybe as part of his little plan his little farce bennings is like let's form a search party yeah and you know he wants to start race basically ransacking skagarin homes sort of thing okay and uh to paul can kind of be there as the voice of reason saying that's you know we can form a search but you're not going to invade people's homes like okay. that so there'll be this battle between logic and emotion between those two and i think that's kind of how the town's going to divide themselves is whose side they're on is okay how we're gonna start this process thinking we could also leave trip there and that's where he he kind of introduces you know the history of the southern united states yeah yeah that's good and how just because once gagarin is behind all this doesn't mean that they're all bad mm -hmm. it took and you can say you know it took my part of the world decades almost centuries to change our ways definitely centuries yeah and there was they're still not there <laughs> not entirely no my mom's from arkansas i know my mom is great though we'll use use that as you know trip sort of being more more logical than he normally is but you know since he and topol are together mm -hmm. he's he's becoming a little bit more logical and uh, she's becoming a bit more emotional because yes she's gonna she's had that permanent loss of some of her emotional control because of the whole addiction yeah. And so that's something she will struggle with for the rest of her life, but she's safe with Trip and she knows that. That's a nice way to go about that. So we've got Reed and Topol searching for the Captain, Styles, Sheriff, Bethany, and 
Crytek. Mm-hmm. I almost forgot his name. <laughs> now I wrote it down, so... All right. <laughs> they're, they're off, not not really combing the desert, but she's, you know, kind of going up towards the mountains to see where there's any cave tunnel entrances. But yeah, we can still keep Bennings, you know, trying to ransack the Skagarn homes and the towns. And I think with the imagery there, like we have a human house, Skagarn house, human house, Skagarn house, that type of thing. So it kind of looks like, you know, that's what their their focus is, you know, every other house. I think this could be over the top, but maybe just to drive the point home, it could be, you know, someone says, well, did you see which Gagarin took them? And he could say something like, oh, they all look the same to me. Yeah. You know, just another layer of the racism. Yeah. Yeah. Well, go ahead and have him have him say that. And I feel bad for the actor that they would have to do that. (laughs) But, you know. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the thing. Yeah, it's acting. But that sort of stuff you know, whenever anyone plays a particular character, they're going to carry a little piece of that character with them forever. And that's uh-huh. a difficult thing to be willing to do. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll we'll leave the town, go to Reed and Topol, searching for, for them. Now, do you think they find the correct entrance right away? Or do you think it's just a network of tunnels leading to the final cave? You know, it probably would make sense to not have them find it right away, but have them have a little bit of trial and error. Okay. So, but uh, I think because scans are basically useless, you know, to Paul's kind of mapping it out in her head. And so when they take a wrong turn, she can backtrack them and they will eventually find that area. Also, yes. if she hasn't had her nasal spray, maybe she can, she can smell them. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's well, going yeah, too we'll do far. it. We'll do it that way. Well, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. It was just a <laughs> funny thought that popped into my head. So yeah, they then they go. You know, go ahead and find our captured crew. Please, let's have uh, to Paul do a neck pinch, please. Yes. Yes. <laughs> On the goon. <laughs> do you think Archer would still remember how to do it? At this point, too. Ooh, maybe he does. Maybe that's something that once you know it, it never really leaves you. Kind of like riding a bicycle. Yeah. We see McCoy try it there and search for Spock, but he doesn't have the technique because I don't think Spock's cotter has been in his head long enough for him to get the technique down. Either that or Spock just purposely is not helping. That would fit right in with Spock, so... <laughs> Especially, especially with their with their relationship. <laughs> yeah, because because my thought on the whole Katra thing is that you know he could have put his Katra into Scotty. Yeah, but he chose both. It almost feels like this. Oh, this is perfect. If I'm gonna die, this is <laughs> this is who this I'm gonna put it in. Yeah, this is way I... for getting even at me for all those arguments he lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's just my own head canon. I'm sure that that's not really what he would have thought or done. Right. But it just seems like he could have used Scotty, but yeah, he chose Bones. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Far more entertaining a conundrum in that regard. So yes, so back to we'll, we'll say the Archer did remember from Surak how to do the neck pinch. I like that. Yes, really, the only one that would know, I think, would have been to pull because. We'll say he hasn't used it since then. Right. Now, do you think Archer gets it as Reed and Tapul are coming closer towards them or after Reed and Tapul have already come into the into the cave area? Well, I think that Archer was let's 
I feel like Archer would just wait for the right opportunity. And okay. so he finally gets his opportunity because like they're not they're not trying anything. They're trying to lull the goon into thinking that they're just going to sit there quietly. And the minute the goon lets down his guard, it's uh, nerve pinch. And then they grab their equipment because it's always going to be conveniently on the goon right. or nearby. And they in a storage to, locker. <laughs> yeah, they try to start scanning so that they can see where they are. They realize that, you know, electromagnetic field is making scans useless. And so they're going to just pick a direction and start going. Okay. Now, do we have sort of like a, a Scooby-Doo around the corner meeting? Yes. Two? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> because, because we also need a little bit of humor in this episode. And yes. I think that would be perfect for it. And I would think it would be to Paula's just like, I think I hear someone coming. And, and so Reed is going to be like, make it, ready. Let's make it Styles running into both Reed and to Paula. Yes, that's great. I love it. That would be perfect because it'd be such a new guy thing to do. Absolutely such a new guy thing to do. And it would probably be kind of hard to tell in the network of caves what direction steps were coming from because echoes are weird in tunnels. Right. So maybe they can hear someone running and they don't know where it's coming from. But like Reed is braced and maybe Styles runs into him from behind. Yeah. Just tackles Let's him do it that way. And just tackles him to the ground and realizes, oh, oh, it's it's okay. Sorry, we're guys. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now that Archer and them, Archer and everybody's rescued, they head back into town. Conveniently, the, the goons have also left their horses outside too. Of or, course, you know, because you know why not? Well, you know, there's got to be more than one goon, so they've got the one goon in the cave, and I'm guessing the right. other goons are just camping out. So yeah. they're going to have to surprise that camp to take those horses. Maybe they surprise the camp and take those guys prisoner. Like, maybe there's Vulcan yeah. neck pinches all around. They just yeah. throw them over the backs of the horses and head back to town with yeah. the evidence. Yeah, that, that's how that's how we'll do it. Now, for the climax of the episode there in the town between Bennings and Tripp, how do you want that to go? That's a hard one, because obviously this guy is being violent and Tripp is trying to keep the situation from escalating without using any kind of physical force even though i'm sure he kind of feels like decking the guy but that won't help anything that'll just make yeah. him look worse than ben benning so i feel like when people start seeing what he's doing they're going to start mm -hmm. realizing okay no this guy is unhinged right and it's just gonna kind of be like a town effort that they all just surround him and just stop him. There's just okay. literally too many of them for him to get through. Okay. So, you know. And I think it's going to be a mixture of both humans and Skagarans. Because, yeah. you know, that's the whole point of this. Is that they're a team now. They're not us and them. Right. It's just us. And they also need to show that they can solve their own problems. Yeah. Because they can't be expecting Starfleet to show up in the nick of time and, and help them out. Yeah. They gotta figure this out themselves. All right. Now that we've got our climax and everything's resolved, how should we end this? Should we end it on the planet or have the crew return back to the Enterprise and end it on the, the view screen? Well, I think that we have a scene of them talking to Bethany and the sheriff before they go mm -hmm. and, you know, how they understand that there's still work to be done and uh, they need to definitely reach out to more than just their own town and start creating a bigger network and bigger okay. support for people 
you need. Because the thing is, is that when social programs are in place and people can get help, they're a lot less likely to fall prey to racist pigs and other problems. And crime goes down. Economies start building up again. So I think, you know, they realize, okay, we understand where the the hole is in this system. And now we got to fill that hole. Sounds like a great spot to end our Britain episode. Brandy, if you'd like to give us a recap, that'd be awesome. Okay, so here is our recap of our episode. This is about our Enterprise NX-01 going back to the North Star planet and introducing uh, Styles' ancestor. So Ensign Andrew Ryan Styles and Travis Mayweather are in the gym working out. Travis is trying to get to know the young Ensign, finds out he's into RPGs, and invites him to Lieutenant Cutler's RPG session. Styles is an easygoing sort of guy and accepts the invitation, but we follow him to his first duty shift on the bridge. This is where he's told to set course for the planet's We've given the planet a name, and he plots the right course and speed, and of course still gets a little bit of ribbing. Oh, 4.7, huh? Really? And uh, Hoshi just tells him, pay them no mind. She remembers well how she felt when she first came onto the bridge, and just kind of consoles him a little bit. Later, Styles joins Cutler's RPG group for their Mars campaign. They had been searching for parts to a universal translator, and probably have since uh, achieved that. He creates a sort of mercenary for hire character who knows the lay of the land to be a guide for the group and ends up helping them escape a trap and uh, he seems to be well received by this uh, RPG group. When we arrive at Skagaria, Archer makes contact with Bethany who is a school teacher and he finds out that there are still problems with Bennings and he's up to his old racist tricks etc. trying to derail the progress that they've made in the last couple of years. And so Archer says their arrival is pretty much imminent and they'll meet her down on the planet. He forms an away team of himself, Paul, Tripp, Reed, and Styles. Phlox is on standby, also babysitting the daughter of Tripp and Paul. The party beams down and Archer is immediately ambushed and attacked by Bennings. Reed tackles him to the ground and subdues him very quickly, as Reed often does. And Archer asks if he'd like to try that again. So Reed and company march Bennings to the jail. The marshal now has a Skagarian deputy named Kratek. Bennings flat out insults the deputy, uses a racial slur. Kratek just smiles at him and then locks him up in a cell. Archer and Styles are meeting with Bethany and the marshal about the ongoing problems on the planet. Meanwhile, Paul, Tripp, and Reed are traveling to the other towns to see how they're faring. They're finding that some have integrated really well, others not so much. The overall level of technology on the planet at this point is somewhere around the 1960s of Earth, and others are even more advanced, that the more integrated towns are even more advanced. Meanwhile, we discover that Bennings has a network of racists in various positions, what a surprise, and another deputy who is on Bennings' payroll, so to speak, gets him out of his cell. The two of them attack and subdue Archer, Styles, Bethany, and the Marshal, and smuggle them out of the city. After confiscating their communicators and weapons, of course. Bennings then sounds the alarm and tells the town they've been taken by a Skagarian. When questioned as to which Skagarian, he remarks that he doesn't know. They all look the same to him. Benning 
things, then makes contact with the Enterprise and tells them the same story, but Hoshi is on to him. His facial expressions tell her that he's lying, and Travis is informed of such as he is in current command. They contact the rest of the landing party, who uh, hightail it back to the town, and Enterprise tries to locate the biosignatures of their captain and the rest of the people. Upon returning to town, the group are informed that Enterprise can't find their life signs, but there are mountains to the northwest which have electromagnetic interference that prevents them from scanning. So Paul and Reed assume that's the most logical place for them to be held and start heading for those mountains. While Trip remains in town and begins telling stories to the townspeople of what it was like in the Old South back on Earth in the USA and how it had very racist beginnings and how they eventually were able to move past that. And as he keeps talking, he does get kind of a crowd going, but so does Bennings. And he just keeps trying to stir up anger and suspicion and he gets a group to help him start ransacking Skagarian houses. Archer and Styles and company wake up in a cave with a goon guarding them. They try speaking with said goon. They don't really make any headway, so they just talk quietly amongst themselves, trying to make a plan of escape. However, they weren't awake when they were carried into the caves, so they don't really know where they are or how to get out. T'Pol and Reed have reached the mountains. They begin exploring the network of caves and tunnels, making some wrong turns, doing some backtracking, but T'Pol is very good at mapping this all out in her head. Archer has lulled goon into a false sense of security by not attempting escape and when the guard finally lets down his guard, Archer gets in a Vulcan nerve pinch because he remembers that much from his time of carrying Sirach's Katra. So they grab their gear, realize their communicators aren't working, and pick a direction and start walking through the tunnels. Paul and Reed are nearing another cave. They hear someone running, but because of all the caves and tunnels and the way the sound echoes, they can't tell from what direction it's coming, and suddenly Styles plows into them from behind. Archer soon appears after them. They reunite and make their way back out of the tunnels with Paul's memory of their path in, and reemerge into the world. There's a campsite nearby with more goons. They get incapacitated and thrown over the backs of their nearby horses as they all ride into town with their evidence. Bennings continues to ransack homes, and Tripp continues to gather a crowd of concerned citizens with his tales of U.S. history with racism, and uh, Archer and company arrive back in town with their unconscious captors, showing everyone that it was humans and not Skagarans who were behind the abduction. The town then surrounds Benning and cuts him off from further action. Archer meets again with Bethany and the Marshal, who admit they're not as advanced as they thought, and plan to institute more social programs to help those in need no matter their race. They hope such programs will not only give everyone a level playing ground, but will help prevent crime and root out racism. They know they have a long way to go, but find they are on a better path towards a brighter future. So, Brandy, uh, where else can we find you on on the interwebs and and here on the network? Oh, buckle in. It's a list. So, okay. (laughs) Let me start from the top. So uh, we mentioned the Unready Room, which is a live show that I do right now Mm -hmm. on Friday nights uh, with Dan Gunther. And hopefully Bruce Gibson will be joining us again as well. We shall see on that. Yeah, such so, so slacking. Oh uh, yeah, because I mean, it was it was only his daughter's last weekend at home before going off to college. Only. So I don't know why he couldn't carve out an hour for us, but whatever. It's okay, Bruce. Oh, we still love you. We we will always love Bruce. So uh, that happens on Friday nights for the time being.
streaming uh, at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern on Dan's YouTube channel, Kurt Ratz Productions. And Kurt Ratz is Star Trek spelled backwards. And then... Yeah, I, I realized that when I put on my Star Trek shirt one day and I was looking in the mirror, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm the weird person that can read backwards <clears throat> and upside down. So when I heard it, I put the image in my mind. I'm like, oh, that's Star Trek backwards. So I got that almost <laughs> immediately. The videos, of course, are available after the live show has happened. So you can still go back and watch those. Also, I do another live show on Saturdays on Twitch with my friend Aaron Harvey, who literally wrote the book on the animated series. And uh, we do a show called Infinite Trek, where we talk about anything Trek. And even if it's only tangentially related, we're going to talk about it. So there's the opportunity for you guys to talk about Californication by Red Hot Chili And the monkeys. (laughs) Yeah. You can do the monkeys or the Beatles. Yep, but I'm I'm really gunning for the monkeys because I'm a huge monkeys fan. And here's another yeah. funny thing. You know, Ensign Barnes, who is in the first episode of Lower Decks, the Trill who had a date mm-hmm. with Rutherford. My maiden name is Barnes. And I love the monkeys. You can find that on the channel Outpost 13 on Saturdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And I do two shows on the Suite Media Network. One is The Vedic Assembly with my friends Liam and Nick about Deep Space Nine. The other is Boldly Go with my friend Suzanne, which is about the Strange New World series that is going to happen someday. And we already have episode one out. We're not going to be like super regular as far as like every other week or something because we might run out of content before there's an actual series. So we're uh, sparsing it out. We're just doing it maybe every four to six weeks. But episode one is out now. Also, I do a podcast with my husband called The Dark Corner Podcast, which we look at nerdy things from a different point of view because we're gothy sort of people. And I do a solo podcast called Headcanon, which is just a weird stream of consciousness trip through my brain and fandoms that I have because, yes, I love Trek. There are other things that I love, too. And you can hear about them there. And you can find those both at darkcornerpodcast.com. I think that's all thank you (laughs) okay thanks for joining us brandy uh we'll let you know next time we decide to uh take a peek into the writer's room or if you want to come back and talk about anything else you're you're more than welcome to to join us i'll talk about anything enterprise anytime so (laughs) on 28th of october 2020 our weekly discussion will focus on the enterprise novel what price honor this was a second original Enterprise novel following By the Book, which we have previously reviewed on this podcast. If you'd like to be fully knowledgeable of what we discuss in our 28th of October show, then please dig out your copy of What Price Honor or visit an online retailer to purchase a copy. We look forward to our next book club discussion. The Expanse, a Star Trek Enterprise podcast, is produced and hosted by Chris Hill and myself, Kyle West, and is a part of the Holosuite Media Podcast Network. To keep up to date with all the news and updates from The Expanse, be sure to follow NX01Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find Chris Hill on Twitter at the Chris Hill and myself on Twitter at Kyle Thomas West. To join the Holosuite Media Community Discussion Group, simply type The Nexus into the Facebook search bar and we'll see you there. Thank you for listening. This show is brought to you by Hollow Sweet Media. 
Computer. List other available Holosuite media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program for Open Channel, a Star Trek community podcast. And it's just that, that innocence of why. Why do they do that? Mm-hmm. Why would you need to do that? And I love that having kids makes you really, sometimes you kind of, you think about it, but then you kind of pass over it because, I mean, you get older and you kind of see some of the stuff, but they just remind you, like, why? Right. Why is somebody doing this to somebody? It doesn't make sense. So that, that was a good thing to pull out. You have to be carefully taught to quote a lyric from South Pacific. <laughs> Loading Holosuite preview program for The Vedic Assembly, a DS9 podcast. What flavor would I Jello that hasn't set yet. <laughs> flavor, he would be orange. You reckon he'd be orange flavored? He'd be orange flavored. Just because he's got orange goo. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean, it would be weird if he were a flavor and he were orange colored goo and you tasted it and it was like lime. That would be disconcerting. Be surprised. So, yes. He's... But I say like like <laughs> bitter orange, you know? Yeah. Bitter orange Like a blood orange. Yeah. Blood orange Odo. Yes. Oh, now I would totally eat Odo. Let's do now. that. <laughs> Loading Hollow Sweet preview program for the Janeway, a Star Trek Voyager podcast. The orangey skin makes me think of something else. Makes you think nowadays. of Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and bad hair. Oh my God. He's Kazon. Donald Trump is Kazon. Trump is a Kazon. Oh my God. I'm surprised he's not calling himself Marge Trump. <laughs> because he's not very bright either. No. It fits perfectly. Well, I understand it all now. We've we've just been taken over by the Kazon. And we didn't even realize it. No. Oh my God. <laughs> Listeners, we've just solved the mystery of the last four years in the United States. Computer, deactivate Holosuite. I love that. You know, just uh, apropos of absolutely nothing, I would really love if Lower Decks went to Denobula because we have never been to Denobula. Yes. And we still and we haven't seen any other Denoblians since since yeah, Fox exactly. And That's the only time we've seen Denobulans as far as canon stuff. And I would just really love it if they would revisit that, because we know nothing about their homeworld other than their family units. And who knows? Probably by the time this drops, we might <gasps> yeah. see one. Don't know. We'll see. There's so much to come. Finger, fingers crossed, but we won't quite hold no, our breath. No, I'm not going to hold yet. my breath. I'm just going to make a little wish and then tuck it away. And if it happens, I'll just squee all over the place. That's just how I roll. Yes, and we will definitely hear about it in the unready room. <laughs> you will hear about it in many places. <laughs> you'll hear about it in the unready room. You'll hear about it on Infinite Trek. I'll probably mention it everywhere I possibly can if it were to happen. Yes, I'm so. an Enterprise fangirl. Just deal with it. One of the reasons why we decided to ask you on board, too, because we knew we know your knowledge of enterprises is vast and great. Well, I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination, because I'm sure there are people out there who know far more than I do. However, I have a great abiding love for this series and have rewatched it several times. And it brings me great joy. And I love the books, too. So just still working on getting all of them read. Yeah. Spend too much time podcasting. All right. That's okay, though. <laughs> On our way to Skagaria. Ho. Oh.